0: Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we help you to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Grief Recovery Specialist and Transformation Coach. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Episode 44, Thoughts on Death and Dying. For the past several months, my father-in-law's health has been touch and go. And we live far away, far away. We live in Utah now, and he lived in Florida. And on a regular basis, especially over the, probably the last four to six months, but even before that, but more regularly, more recently, we would get calls that his health had declined again, that he was back in the hospital. He was, he's been living in a nursing home for the, uh, for a little over a year And we would get these regular calls that he was not doing well, that he was in the hospital, that the doctors had done what they could, but they weren't sure he was going to make it. And within a couple of days, he would pull through. And with each successive hospital stay, it seemed like it would take him just a little longer to pull through. But we were frankly, always a little surprised that he had made it through because things looked pretty grim for quite a while. But yesterday it happened. Yesterday he died early in the morning. And I have had a lot of thoughts and feelings about about it that I would like to share with you today. First, I was reminded of the definition of grief from the grief recovery method. Grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. This is definitely the end of a familiar pattern, a familiar pattern of having my in-laws available to us to call, to visit, to, to enjoy their company. And I have definitely felt those conflicting feelings over the last couple of days, He suffered for quite a while. His health has been extremely poor, especially since his wife passed away. Uh, uh, My mother-in-law was his caregiver until her health declined in such a way that they both needed to be moved into a nursing home. And that happened in the spring of last year. But all the conflicting feelings that I've felt, I've, I've felt grief because he's no longer with us. I felt relieved because he's no longer suffering any long. And it's been, he's been suffering. He's been suffering for quite a while. And I have felt sorrowful because he died in the middle of the night, just after everyone had left and he was alone. And I have felt nostalgic because it's the end of a generation. It's the end of an era because his wife passed away last year. I have felt excited for his reunion with my mother-in-law for his reunion in heaven with his sweet wife, who, like I said, passed away just last summer and sad because I can no longer sit and visit with them. Over the past three years, my husband, Ron, has lost his sister three summers ago, his mom last summer, and his dad passed away early yesterday morning. And that's a lot of loss. Over the past four summers, we've been to three funerals. And they are good people. Good people. I have so many wonderful memories. Ron's sister, who died three years ago, was a relatively young woman when she passed away. She had five children, five grown children, her youngest just barely out of high school really um a a very young man and she has five children who loved her and miss her. She was a sweet, gentle soul who endured many hardships during her, you know, relatively short life. She was a friend to me even before I started to date her brother. I had a great relationship with my in laws. I what I discovering was pretty unusual. I would actually spend time with them, even when my husband wasn't available to, to go and visit. I was actually headed to their house in North Carolina from Texas when we had the accident when my children died and my husband wasn't with me. Uh, There were a few times that I visited them, like I said, without my husband, which apparently is rare. So I knew them. I knew them even before I knew their son, Ron, who's now my husband. And we went to the same church together and their son Ron was living elsewhere. And then he moved down to, to Florida where we lived. But Ron's mom was a giant of a woman. She had so much personality. She, she had so much love and compassion. It was just amazing. She was an amazing woman of service. I, I, I have never seen anything like it. I learned so much from her never seen anything like it before or since. She helped everyone. She knew no stranger. She was a very selfless woman. And I do know a few people who are her super mindful of other people's needs and just step up and do what's needed. But she literally would sacrifice everything that she had for everyone around her without even an ounce of resentment. She never, never felt resentful for the time that she spent serving others. It was really remarkable when we would visit when we would visit she would get up at a ridiculous i i don't care how many times I told her this was not necessary she would get up at ridiculous times in the morning to fix breakfast for us before she left for work and and that was she was usually leaving for work at like five a m because she lived so far from the the hospital where she worked. she They lived in this little town in North Carolina, kind of in the mountains of North Carolina. And she would get up super early in the morning and drive out to the hospital to work uh, before it was even light out most mornings and then work long days and come home. But when we were visiting, she would get up literally in the middle of the night, like three o'clock in the morning. It was crazy, crazy. I, I would never do that. So, But she would get up in the wee hours of the morning and fix breakfast for us so that we would have breakfast when we got up, whenever we got up, because we were usually vacationing. And then at night, she would stay up to make sure everybody was happy. Everybody was happy before she could settle in for the night. So she got very little sleep when we were at her house and and I always felt bad about that and I would always encourage her, you know you need to go get some sleep or don't worry about us, we can take care of ourselves I mean we were adults, but she loved, loved, loved to cook, and she was always cooking for everyone when my oldest daughter got married, she wanted to help she wanted to help with the food for the reception and we weren't sure cause her health had not been good for some time for a long time. As I can remember when, when my daughter was eight, well, now she, you know, she's getting married. So that was like 14 years before this. When, uh, when she was eight, you know, my mother-in-law, there was a special occasion and my mother-in-law had been in the hospital and she got up, she got home from the hospital and she was not going to miss this event for Stephanie. And she got up early the next morning to fix treats for this event. And again, you know, nobody expected that, but that's, that's who she was and she wanted to do it. So when, when my oldest daughter got married, she just was insistent. She wanted to, to provide for some food for the, for the event. And she was always cooking for events and for things. And she wanted to cook for the reception. And we, we weren't sure cause they were traveling quite a ways. And like I said, her health hadn't been good. And, and we weren't sure if I, you know, I wasn't positive we could, totally depend on that. And so we had planned other food, but she came to my house and she cooked and she cooked and she cooked and she made so much food that we had food in our freezer for months that we would take out and and defrost cuz she was just she just never wanted anybody to go hungry. In fact, my my husband, he played football in high school and, and in college. And when he was in high school, his mom would get up early in the morning and fix breakfast for everybody. And, and his, um, one of his buddies that he played football with, he, he's famous for, for saying that, that Ron's mom and would, would do everything except chew the food for you <laughs> because she just would insist that everyone was fed all the time. But just remarkable woman. So then when my second oldest daughter was getting married again and wanted to provide some food for the reception and remembering our experience when she had cooked so much food before, she really wanted to do the food for the reception. So she did the entire the entire spread for the reception. It was I I just, I, I was always in awe. I have no idea how she did the things that she did. And especially with her health being poor, but she just was always going, always going, just an amazing, amazing woman. And when Ron and I got married, I had, you know, I had three kids. My kids were six, four and one, almost two years old. And when we got married and my kids were immediately taken in to his family, like any of the other grandchildren. And we, we, they lived close to the elementary school, like down the street from um, the elementary school where my older girls attended. And they would even watch the kids. And uh, Ron's mom would always, you know, watch the kids for me while I was working. And she would, she would do that sometimes to help out. And it was, they just, there was never, there was never a difference between my kids who were, you know, now they're I guess step grandchildren. We never used the word step ever, but they were just part of the family and it was just remarkable. Ron's dad was, is a good man. He was a good man, but he was a quiet man. He was more reserved than his wife. He had a quiet sense of humor and he loved to tease, which is, I'm sure, where my husband gets it from. But even, even just a a couple of summers ago, I guess it was the summer that Ron's sister passed away. I stayed a few extra days down in Florida just so I could spend some time with my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. And I, I loved that time with them. And we, I, I helped her with some of her genealogy and some different things and and just just wanted to make sure that they were okay and just, you know, spend that time with them to let them know, that they were they were special and they were loved um, during that difficult time of losing their daughter. But during these times, during these times of sorrow, during these times of grief, I get to practice what I preach. <laughs> I get to remember all the lessons I've learned about grief and grieving. Like it's okay to cry. It's okay to express emotions. It's okay to have negative emotions. It's important not to just keep busy, to not turn to things to distract from the grief, but to be willing to feel it all and to honor my grief and sadness. It's been a little bit of a challenge since we learned of my father-in-law's death because we're in the middle of expansion of one of our businesses. And my husband is actually out of town, um, which has been, been hard. It's been hard for him to be Somewhere else during this time to not be with him during this time. And I've, I've had some family visiting. And so I've, I've been working while they're visiting, but I had kind of scheduled my days so that when they left, I, I scheduled a lot of things for after, after, um, after my company left. Well, now I'm leaving at about the same time they are. I'm leaving to go to the funeral. So when I talk about, you know, not just keeping busy, I feel like I have been busier than ever because I'm trying to get things done so that I can go to the funeral. And sometimes we find ourselves in those situations where certain things we feel like we want to get done, even though we're experiencing this grief. And I, have tried to take some quiet time and tried to not, not completely put it on the back burner. You know, I've had to show up in a professional sense. I've had to show up for clients. I've had to show up for events that I was going to be presenting at, or that I was involved with. And, and that's okay. But it's, I recognize, I, I, I realize that it's important that that I also honor, honor the grief and the sadness and take the time to honor that. And if I find myself in a position where I'm super busy for a time, I, I just have to remember to, to revisit the grief and the sorrow and not to just push it away and ignore it. When I got up Thursday morning, that's when I learned that my father-in-law had died earlier that morning. And when I had gotten up, just probably 30 minutes after I got up, I was to be on a training call. I'm for a coaching program that I'm in. And I was, I'm one of the trainers for this particular program. And there's a group of us that are the trainers for the program. And so I, I showed up and I did my job. But afterwards, I sent a message to, to our coach team. And I wanted to share with you some of my thoughts that I had first thing, almost first thing that morning, just a couple hours after I had learned about my father-in-law's passing. And this is what I wrote. It's been about a year of touch and go ever since my mother-in-law passed away last summer. We expected him, talking about my father-in-law, to go anytime. His health has been poor for a few years. Today is my mother-in-law's birthday, so it feels pretty special that they were reunited on her birthday. I remember celebrating her birthday last year at the nursing home with my father-in-law. It was pretty sad. My husband Ron is out of town working and having him away during his time feels sad and disappointing. Lots of thoughts and feelings this morning. Ron's sister passed away three summers ago, then his mom last year and now his dad. I'm actually feeling left out. I can just imagine the celebration going on in heaven right now with them all and my kids, Carrie and David, and I'm missing it. It's sad, joyful, overwhelming, and lonely. Those were some of my thoughts and feelings kind of just after. And and I'm extremely grateful. I'm extremely grateful for the things I've learned as I've studied grief, as I've gone through programs to help me help others in their grief. And as I've learned to apply these things that I've learned to my own life, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to have a language of emotions that I can share and express that I can, that I can know that it's it's not uncommon to feel the conflict in grief, to feel sad that they're gone, but relieved that, that. Specifically with my father-in-law, sad that he's gone, but relieved that he's no longer suffering. So those are my, those are my thoughts and feelings these last couple days that I wanted to share with you. And I'm, I'm grateful for you and I'm thankful that you, that you listened in. And so thank you. Thank you for listening in. And I hope that my sharing some of my first responses, some of my first reactions and some of my experiences will help you in your own journey. I wanted to let you know also that at Build a Life After Loss, we have two upcoming events. I just want you to know about. First, if you're in the Salt Lake City area, I have a new grief recovery group that's starting September 10th in Sandy. I only do these twice a year. I only do them twice a year. So if you're at all interested, please let me know. It's a, the group is an action program designed to help you move beyond death, divorce, and any losses such as health, career, and faith. Again, this group is forming on September 10th in Sandy, Utah. For more information or to register, send me an email at julie at buildalifeafterloss.com. The second upcoming event is our new online Build a Life After Loss support group, which will launch in October. So get ready for that. We'll be diving in deeper with the things that we discuss on the podcast with webinars. So you can start applying what you're learning here, and we'll be adding a time to answer your questions. So I'm super excited about that. I'm excited to to answer your questions, to have some more ways to interact. So just remember, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Bye.